0: Welcome to Growing of Skywalker. My name is Anna.
1: And I'm Sam.
0: And today we're talking about season two, episode four Senate Spy. Yes. And Padme's old fling so embarrassing <laughs> super
1: embarrassing it's
0: awful so this is the episode in which rush clovis a senator from scipio is a suspected separatist spy rush say Clova- that three no, times fast i
1: mean I, i'll tell you who can't rush clovis can't <laughs> his accent is such that he can't pronounce his own name the planet he's from the word senate or the word spy
0: what is that accent
1: I, it's like he's got such Scottish. No, no no it's like Upper class lipless. He, oh. He's like he's so um he's so inbred that he can't close his mouth oh entirely. Oh
0: no. poor Clovis in so many ways.
1: Yeah. So uh, we start out in this one and the fortune cookie. Is a true heart should never be doubted.
0: Mm, We will talk about that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So in this episode, Anakin has been away from Coruscant for a while. There's this lingering shot of Padme right when the episode opens. She's staring out a window and she's like, when will my husband return from war?
1: And then he swoops in and he's like, I brought chocolates. And she's like, what happened to your military transport? He's like, it. (laughs)
0: Whatever. I brought dinner. And I'm like, instant Baywatch. Anyone Uh who brings home dinner? I mean, it's no question. So Anakin and Padme are ready to like Netflix and chill Mm -hmm. all night, except surprise, surprise, the Jedi Council is totally cramping his vibe.
1: They're like, remember how you're a Jedi and how you never get a day off? And he's like, Ugh.
0: Oh, my God. And all night, Padme has been like, this is so great. I love spending time with my husband. There's dinner. There's stargazing. Delightful. And then...
1: He does throw some shade. She's like, I'll make you my specialty. He's like, you have a specialty? She's
0: like, I know how to make lots of things. And then she's like, mac and cheese. Yeah.
1: Which, like... I, I'm kind of with Anakin on that one. Like she's a senator who was a queen. I'm like, you know how to cook? Like that's that's cool. That's not You know
0: basic life skills? Yeah. Like I know you know how to kick butt, but like dinner
1: Being a queen and being a senator both kind of preclude learning how to cook, I feel. She is only
0: a queen in the conceptual sense these (laughs) days. Not a queen in the kitchen. (laughs) Anyway, Obi-Wan finally signals Anakin for like the 1800th time. And there's this super gross scene where Anakin is like, oh, our date's been interrupted. I can tell that you're angry. You really shouldn't take this personally. Duty comes first, especially in wartime. And Padme is like, This is BS Mm -hmm. to the nth degree.
1: So the reason Anakin is getting phoned in is because Mace and Yoda and Obi-Wan are sitting there being like, "Okay, we know that this Rush Clovis dude in the Senate is real dodgy and we need to spy on him. But we can't just like send a Jedi to spy on him because they'll get clocked right away. We need someone who he already knows. And we asked Padme because her and Clovis used to date.
0: Used to get it on get like it donkey on. gong.
1: Uh, but
0: she said no. She did say no. So Anakin gets dragged into the Jedi Council. They're like, okay, we have this plan. We're going to have Senator Amidala go and rekindle her flame. And with she's this. like,
1: the who's a much it?" <laughs>
0: He's like, I did not know that my wife used to bang a finance major. <laughs> Yoda's like, fascinating that you would presume to know Anybody that Senator Amidala is banging? And he's like,
1: yes, that is fascinating. I am okay with this.
0: <laughs> we get a classic Obi Wan eyebrow lift. Yeah, <laughs> it is so great. Unfortunately, it is all downhill from here for Padman Anakin's relationship in this episode. Well,
1: so this the next scene harkens back to something that I feel like Anakin has done before which is he goes in and he just reverse psychologies you into doing stuff like he did with Ahsoka in the um, Ryloth arc, breaking the blockade. So in that one, she had like lost her mojo because she had lost all this stuff. And he's like, okay, well I'm going to go screw around and you have to resolve the situation on your own. And this is also an element of reverse psychology because he goes to her and he's like, So Rush Clovis is a separatist, and she's like, what? Never. And he's like, yes, and you are forbidden to spy on him. He's
0: like, A, you can't handle it. B, I won't let you. C, Mm -hmm. lucky for us, you already decided to refuse. And Padme's like, three strikes and you're out, bud. Yeah. He accidentally convinces her to spy on Clovis. I mean,
1: accidentally on purpose.
0: Do you think, is that what was happening? Yes. There was so much dysfunction happening in that communication (sighs) that I was just like, over my head.
1: I I feel like that is definitely a skill that Anakin has cultivated or had cultivated in him, which is when you are angry at him, he will use judo on you.
0: Mm. I mean, Anakin is a himbo. You know, we've established that. Mm-hmm. He is also really smart. And I was like, he's manipulative. Is, I was like, are all the men just being super dumb in this episode? Or is Anakin actually doing some really high level wibbly-wobbly, hand-wavy mind stuff. I don't know.
1: Yeah, he's threading a needle. I don't know. So she agrees to do it, and Anakin is her pilot in his goofy Naboo pilot suit.
0: I have tragic news, Sam. Yeah? Today is the end of Cool Hat Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> because Anakin is wearing the dumbest I was hat say, I've ever seen. He,
1: out of all the Jedi, has good hair. I believe I talked about how good his hair was in episode too. He
0: does have good hair this episode.
1: And he, yeah, but he wears a hat and it's a extremely goofy 1920s, I'm Charles Lindbergh and I'm crossing the Atlantic hat. And it, it is a dumb.
0: travesty. Hat aside, we do cut to an intimate dinner with Mr. Clovis himself.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
0: headed to Cato Nemoidea.
1: Which is... One of the, I believe it is the home planet of the Nemoidians.
0: Yes, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. I guess what he's saying is he's like, I'm going to go like hold some guns to some heads of some Nemoidians and force them to pay some money back to the banking guild. And Padme has to be like, ah, yes, that sounds like exactly the kind of delightful interlude I'd like to participate in. And I'm like, what?
1: So rush clovis was raised by the Mooninists.
0: is that a real thing
1: yeah and um they are extremely goofy looking we will see them in later seasons because he
0: has some little weird neon tattoos on his yeah,
1: face. yeah yeah he was adopted by them because he is ostensibly human but oh. um they run the banking clan which uh apparently manages to like They're so good at managing the galaxy's money that everyone just kind of lets them. Like, they don't have, uh, you know, the inflationary, deflationary pressures that would wreck things. And they like manage to keep up, you know, without forgeries and all these things. So Mm. they do a good enough job that everyone does it. And the politics here are that Cato Nemoidia is. Influenced by the separatists and the trade federation, the trade federation is what originally attacked Naboo in oh, episode one. Oh, yep, yep. Under Newt Gunray, but the the Nemoidians and Kata still have a senator, Senator Lot Dodd.
0: Yes, who we've met before. Mm-hmm. He's the one from the Jar Jar traditional ritual <laughs> yes. Gungan dance yeah. episode. So we're, so we're going
1: to go meet him, but he is not part of the separatists. He's a separatist sympathizer, and so is Rush Clovis because he's funding the Nemoidians who, in turn, fund the Trade Federation, which is one of the members of the separatists.
0: We make it to Cato Nemoidia. Mm-hmm. Anakin succeeded in keeping Clovis six feet away from Padme, like, like
1: fancy flying leave
0: room for Jesus. Yeah. It's yeah. so great. And then when we land on Cato Nemoidia, we see Clovis's real plan. Mm-hmm. So the banking. Clan? Baking Guild? Yeah. They're, anyway, they're on the side of the Separatists. And they're going to invest in the biggest droid manufacturing plant ever. Ha ha! Yeah,
1: I mean, it's not that they're on the side of the Separatists. It's that they're funding both sides of the war. Oh. Yeah.
0: See, this is the part of Clone Wars episodes where I'm like, ugh, this is just like college. Just my (laughs) eyes glaze over. I'm like, ha ha, they are doing nefarious things.
1: So as they're having this meeting and showing the little hologram of of the new plant that's being built, Padme shows up and she's She's like,
0: oh, I was so lonely without you. Mm -hmm. And Lot Dodd wants better terms from this negotiation. Mm -hmm. So he makes like the biggest leap of logic. Since, I don't know, Mm -hmm. we landed on the moon. I don't know. He went from haggling (laughs) with Clovis to like, why don't we just poison Padme?
1: Well, he says, why don't we poison Padme so that we have the antidote to give to Rush to rescue her? Because we now have a lever over Rush. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also behind the curtains here is Poggle the Lesser, who is the leader of the Geonosians who got that way because he is the most ruthless Geonosian ever.
0: See, I just want to know what you have to do in your life to be Poggle the Lesser.
1: So, he was born in the Lesser caste.
0: Oh, and there are caste systems There are on... in the Geonosians, oh. and
1: he fought in the arena, killing those schmonsters, and then he killed all of his opponents, and then he killed his way to the top, and his cane that he uses is the leg of the previous leader. What? Poggle the Lesser is a scary, scary dude.
0: Where do we find out about this?
1: In comic books, unfortunately. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is Mm Buckwild. That's crazy. And
1: he's got... Like, they just have him speak great Geonosian the entire time, and it's like three bugs talking at you simultaneously. I love, love
0: this the subtitles for Poggle the Lesser, because it'll be like, mm, unhappy chattering. Mm, happy chattering.
1: And then Lot-Dot is like, yes, I know. I know.
0: <laughs> it's very Han and Chewy. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> anyway, they do indeed poison Padme. Mm-hmm. I want to point out, Sam, that Padme Amidala... Managed to sit through an entire dinner in a backless dress mm-hmm. while poisoned, and still managed to muster up the appropriate enthusiasm that when when Clovis invites her on a private tour of the palace, she's like, "Oh, I would love to." Mm-hmm. Can you imagine doing that when you are poisoned? She's dying.
1: I mean, as as someone who used to drink alcoholically, yes, because that's poisoning yourself.
0: Okay, well, Padme commits to the freaking <laughs> bit over here. It is wildly impressive.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you don't know how bad the poison is and what have you, but yeah.
0: Okay, well... I think it's impressive. Anyway, she goes on this tour with Clovis. She hacks the password to his hologram.
1: Technically, socially engineers it because it's her name.
0: Whoa! What a girl boss.
1: Yeah, well, it's because Clovis is, you know, simping.
0: He is. He's a real simp. I know. I feel kind of bad for him. Yeah. Anyway, she grabs the blueprint mm-hmm. to the factory. Copies it onto the little handy dandy flash drive. Mm -hmm. Sticks it in her little purse with her Nokia flip phone, (laughs) which she uses to call Anakin.
1: Yeah, because she's not carrying... Her purse is too small to carry her pocket blaster today, apparently. I
0: know. People are always like, women have so much shiz in their bags, and Padme has one flip phone and one USB drive. Mm
1: -hmm. That's like real spy stuff. Yeah,
0: For the record. Then we get my favorite scene of the episode, Sam. Just as Anakin like races in, because he got Padme's bat signal, mm-hmm. Clovis is there. She's got like one hand behind her back. She's got her USB drive. Yeah. She throws herself into Clovis's arms and she's like, I've been waiting for this moment all night. And like gracefully drops the USB drive. Anakin force yeets it into his hands, mm-hmm. and everything. It's great.
1: Although it is, like, awkward, because she's, like, whispering sweet nothings in Clovis's ear, and Anakin's right there. I
0: thought it was amazing. This is exactly the kind of humble pie that Anakin needed to be served in this episode.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: What Anakin does not do in this scene is notice that his wife has been poisoned, so that is a real blow for his Baywatch standing.
1: Yes. I I mean, I, I don't ever think about Baywatch until he starts singing the song, so, like... <laughs> I know you do all the notes ahead of time, but, um, you know, I do it based off of the conclusions we reached during the episode.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know I can't extemporize. Mm. So then we have an extremely dicey scene that I have very mixed feelings about, mm-hmm. which we will have to talk about. Clovis rushes into Padme's room, because she is now ill. Ill. Yeah. What Lot Dodd said is she's dying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He seems to know that the The poison level is severe. So she's convalescing and Clovis is like, you're in cahoots with the Republic? You stole my hologram? And then he's like, but I love you so much. Mm -hmm. And Padme owns up to everything. Mm -hmm. If I was dying from poison, alone in a room with a threatening man, I still don't think I would give up the jig, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean... Yeah.
0: That is a great way to die, if you ask a lady.
1: Okay. I, I feel like holding true to your principles is what Padme would do. I feel like this is a tough difficult thing for her to be disingenuous.
0: Hmm, maybe. 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 Which throws her entire secret marriage into a whole new light. Yeah. That is a conversation for later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sometimes you can just tell all the writers are men. Mm-hmm. We end the episode. Anakin basically Tells Clovis what he wants him to do. And then Clovis does it. Yeah. So Clovis is holding the Nemoidians at gunpoint. Yes. Anakin scoops up Padme, waltzes onto the ship with her. And then when Clovis comes along, he's like, okay, give me my hologram like you promised. And Anakin is like, deuces. Yeah. Socks like, to suck. Socks to sock. And then he and Padme debrief, and he was like, You are right. You are great at espionage. And she's like, You are right. It's a really tough job. Tough day at the office. Mm-hmm. And then they fly home. They've got the hologram in hand, and it's a big happy ending. Yeah. For everyone whose first name is not Clovis.
1: Well, Rush. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are correct.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that is um, this episode. And importantly, uh, the way we set this up is basically the next four episodes after this one. So five episodes total are one sort of mega arc.
0: Yeah. We had a a difficult question. We were like, do we cram four episodes into one or do we space these out a little more equitably? So we're
1: going to do one, two, two. Yeah. But that is the end of this one.
0: What did you think about this episode?
1: Um, I think it's, it's got a lot of interesting awkwardness in it. It has, this is important, the first kiss in Clone Wars. This is a very sexy. Padme and Rush.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do they kiss?
1: Uh, it's a cheek kiss, but that's more than Anakin ever gets.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to be fair, Anakin and Padme get to have a little lovey-dovey couch scene. Yeah. It looks like they're going to kiss.
1: But then their wrist communicators go off. And another thing I learned while I was researching this episode is that this is based off of a 1946 Alfred Hitchcock movie. Notorious. Yes, like which is about spies and stuff, but yeah.
0: Apparently the final scene is basically scene by scene, blow by blow, exactly what happens. Yeah,
1: exactly. They climb into their 1946 starship and fly off, but yeah.
0: It is cool to find out how many film influences there are in the Clone Wars.
1: Yeah, from like an artistic point of view, isn't that it? Like, you know, steal from the best and don't get caught stealing like that's that's art so
0: good artists imitate great artists steal yeah I think George Lucas really took that to heart
1: yeah and yeah David Filoni talking about that in this episode and other people that like wow yeah this plot but um but
0: you're right this is a racy Clone Wars episode like Padme and Anakin have sexy times. There's mm-hmm. like the romantic dinner, there's stargazing, there's the smooch. Yeah. One thing that I thought was delightful was the number of adults that are carefully discussing Padme's friendship.
1: Yeah. Air quotes
0: her old friends.
1: Yeah, they were friends.
0: Your old friends. They were close (laughs) it was so delightful
1: i feel like mace might have been enjoying that a little much So I recently finished the second High Republic novel, Mm -hmm. and one of the points, which is pretty cleanly telegraphed from the beginning, so I'm not spoiling it much, is that one of the characters, uh, who is a Jedi, uh, sleeps with a person, a non-Jedi. Whoa, Mm -hmm.
0: okay. My extremely important question for this episode... Do Jedi have sex? Is there a canonical discussion of this?
1: So there is, and it's that Jedi don't form attachments. So they can have all the, you know, non-attached, no-strings-attached kind of relationship, like, you know, one-night-stands that they need, want desire i, f- I think I that's important as well
0: we've come to this conclusion as fans mm-hmm. i think eagle eyed fans have been like oh as long as they're not attached but i want a canonical discussion yeah
1: and that's that's it that as long as you're not attached because and there's all sorts of danger inherent in that is that the attachment leads to problems yes and so at the end of that book that character has to fess up and do penance and Mm. like realign themselves with the jedi code and what was interesting and i think this is critical and i also think it's very novel because this book came out this year uh and obviously this episode came out like 12 years ago but what was interesting is the like all the other jedi knew Mm -hmm.
0: that this person had
1: done something wrong and they didn't say anything they waited for this jedi to come forward to you know their master or one of their, like, co-Padawans, which is, like, a really strong relationship. Like, mm-hmm. you're all in, you know, youngling class together, and then you're like, oh, hey, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, we've we're been besties for, like, 15 years. Aww. And be like, hey, I messed up, and I need to figure it out.
0: Okay, but what was the penance for? Was it for the sex or for the attachment?
1: Uh, it was for something else. But <laughs> oh, yeah, see? <laughs> but it, like, the, the sex and the attachment, well, the sex wasn't a big deal. The attachment was a big deal, and it led to a series of events which was problematic. And like the consequences of those events led to it. And then by the end of this book, that is when that um, transformative moment came along of saying, I need help.
0: So what was interesting for you was that all the Jedi kind of hung back and waited for the one Jedi to say, I've done something wrong. I'm Mm -hmm. in over my head. I need help.
1: And I find that really compelling because Mm. that is how help actually works, Mm. is that you need to reach a point where you yourself recognize that you need help and you yourself recognize that you have to ask for it and do something. You have to take steps.
0: Mm. You can
1: lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink is a saying about people, not horses. And it's that you can tell someone, hey, you know, you're all messed up. You're doing this. You're, do- you're making bad decisions all day. And all they'll do is resist. But when you say, hey, we, we kind of know everyone knows that you're making bad decisions. We are aware and we're waiting on you to recognize that you're making bad decisions and it casts the whole Padme Anakin relationship in a new light to me
0: it does I also can't wait to talk about this idea when we get to weapons factory which is part of the upcoming uh second invasion of Geonosis arc
1: yes because so that that's going
0: to be really interesting also important
1: in that yes Yeah. so I think that's a really interesting thing that definitely there's there's no way that people don't know what's going on and I I wonder how much of it is Anakin getting away with it because he is this, you know, spectacular general mm-hmm. and because they're all just assuming that, like, hey, you know, a general and a senator, like, they're probably just, like, there's probably not a level of intimacy there, emotional intimacy. that it, it might just be, like, two people who are sexually attracted to each other who are, like, passionate. Because that's something that happens. Reason, I mean, that's that's a trope in literature, but that's also, like, they don't really have time to have a relationship.
0: Right. They really don't. I think that's why it is so hurtful to Padme when they finally get to have this night alone. There's and work, dinner. Come, work comes up, yeah. And work comes up. And it mm. is such a stereotype, but I can see how hurtful that was to Padme because they don't have time for a marriage.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what she was looking for in that moment.
0: Yeah, There's something that I want to talk about in relation to this, Mm -hmm. which is that scene on the balcony, which is when Padme is hanging out with Anakin. It's a beautiful night. And she's like, I wish it could always be like this. Mm -hmm. And I found that so meaningful because I started to think, what would Anakin and Padme's life be like if they didn't have to keep their relationship secret? Mm -hmm. So take Anakin being a Jedi out of the question, or even take the whole Jedi can't form attachments thing and the celibacy question mark thing out of Mm -hmm. the equation. What would they do all day? Would they be happy? Would removing the secrecy of their marriage make it less fraught? But also, like, what would Anakin be doing in the world? Could they even have a relationship if he didn't have the standing of being a Jedi yeah, Padme is being a senator.
1: Because she could be out there hooking up with finance majors.
0: Exactly. Like, in what other profession would Anakin be, quote unquote, worthy if he was a mechanic, if he was a pilot? Yeah. It would have been hard for him to ever get close enough to Padme
1: mm-hmm.
0: to even begin their marriage or their yeah. relationship. Yeah. So like the way that their relationship has to be kept secret creates so much dysfunction, but it almost feels like this is also the only way that it can work.
1: Yeah, it is a very narrow path to follow for them. Mm. Especially
0: there's... if Padme, as is suggested in this episode, hates keeping secrets mm-hmm. and dissembling to people.
1: Yeah, which it seems like is the case. You know, ironically she doesn't seem like uh I mean, she's she's a politician, but she's very a Mr. Smith goes to Washington politician that mm-hmm. she's arguing for the right thing all the time and really pushing for it. And there's not nearly as much backroom dealing. She's like one of those just hardworking.
0: Straight Snyder's shooters. Head, straight shooters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, this morning, finished a book by Kim Stanley Robinson called The Ministry of the Future, which is really good. And one of the protagonists is a... Uh, We'll call the a politician. She's the committee chair of something in charge of the um, action plan behind the Paris Climate Accords. And so she manages what the quote, Ministry of the Future. And this book takes place over like 25 years. And it's only at the end of it that any like emotional attachments can occur because she's working so hard the whole mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And I see that in Padme as well. She's longing for it. At the beginning, she's like, I would love to make you dinner. He doesn't even know that she can make food. And they've been married for like a year at this point.
0: I know. That is one of my core issues with the Padman Anakin relationship. And we've touched on this. They are so young. There's the secret that they have to keep there. They have no time together. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that healthy, functional marriages involve a level of intimacy yeah. that they've never had the chance to create because they don't spend time together. They don't really know each other. Mm-hmm. Anakin doesn't see Padme for who she really is.
1: Yeah. And circling back to, You know, if they were able to be in a normal, quote unquote, like marriage together, perhaps it would be like all these pandemic divorces, you know, where after after like seven days together, they're like, okay, so by the way, I hate you. By the way, (laughs) you
0: are a totally different person than the one that I thought you were. And this is not going to work.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because they've they've obviously not spent any time together
0: yeah like if they finally did go on a honeymoon in the late country on naboo they would be like yo you are not the person that i thought you were
1: you know i heard a funny joke from uh bill barr who we will actually see in star wars later
0: whoa because he's mayfield he's he's in
1: mando yes and he was saying in a way it's worse it's like not bad if you break up with someone if you only see them like every two weeks Because you never form that emotional attachment.
0: Whoa. He was talking about
1: politicians, but it's the same thing of like, you don't form an emotional attachment with someone. And that is how Anakin and Padme feel. That emotional attachment is in both of their heads. They both have an idealistic version of the other one.
0: And, and this is important, I think that the clandestine nature of their relationship, because it's so fraught, it adds this extra level of like perceived intimacy because they're keeping yes. the secret together. Yes, 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 they're yes. longing for each other and pining for each other, even though they never see each other. And it just heightens your emotions. And so when you finally see that person,
1: mm-hmm. you're
0: like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. This is amazing. But they're living in this like heightened state. And I think if they ever had time to settle. Mm-hmm. They might have to reconsider things,
1: absolutely. Or at least
0: Padme would. I don't know about Anakin.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is that I don't think Anakin can exist without enacting um, excitement. He's he's a pure adrenaline junkie.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and
1: yeah. that is the type of attachment which is like also not something that the Jedi can afford to address because what's he going to do? Go to the Jedi Council and be like, "Hey, um, I know this war is great." I know I've been having tons of fun, but I've been having too much fun and you need to like send me to Ilum to sit in an ice cave for six months to chill out? And
0: they're like, no, we need all of our adrenaline junkies. You're the only ones who are not getting burned out. Y- yeah. Yeah.
1: So the circumstances of this whole thing set up the situation. And then the plot with Poggle and Lot Dodd and Rush Clovis, which is such a name.
0: hmm <laughs> I think that's such a brilliant observation. In any other circumstances, Anakin might really have a chance to have the time and space to chill out, Mm -hmm. but they are in the middle of a war. And everything that Anakin brings to the table that is questionable as far as the Jedi code is what the Jedi Council needs Mm -hmm. to win this war. And so they have to keep allowing him, even sometimes encouraging him to be the way that he is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, it makes me think of like this idea of him being the chosen one might have something to do with initially Mm -hmm. with this concept of like, perhaps he's a chosen one in some context, but the real context is he is the one chosen by Palpatine to exist in this state. And that Palpatine is like, hey, you know, go talk to that girl. Hey, have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Like, I have all sorts of, like, little tips and tricks for you to get what you want. Because if you do, then I'll lead you on this path. And I'm your bestie. We're friends.
0: It's Palpatine's world, and we're all just living in it.
1: Dude. Circling back to one of the main points of the Ministry of the Future as well, like, all the central banks together that control our world sort of have a tail wagging the dog relationship with every government as well. Hmm. And that banks are hugely important for moving things forward. And the fact that Rush Clovis by himself is like, oh, yes, I will advance you, you know, 50 mils or, you know, 200 basis points to build the largest droid factory ever. He has that on his like balance sheet. He's able to be like, yes, I advance you enough money to build the largest droid factory ever.
0: Right. Right. There's a scene when Clovis rushes off to get Padme ready for dinner, Mm -hmm. which, ugh, that's a gross sentence. I can't even believe I said that, but lot Dodd turns to Poggle and he's like, I hate the thought of being under rush Clovis. Yeah. And so I was really confused about how we were supposed to read Clovis in this episode. On the one hand, he's genuinely kind of threatening and he's got some power in the banking clan. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, he's kind of an idiot.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How are we supposed to read this guy?
1: Well, you know, we're supposed to think that he's the bad guy, but he's a useful idiot. He's He's a puppet. And like he is greedy.
0: Which is yes. what got him
1: into this situation.
0: Yes, and we can see flashes of his personality being kind of full of rage. Like, there's a couple moments when Padme looks Askins at him. Mm-hmm. Like, when Anakin swerves the plane and throws Clovis into a different seat than the right, one it's next to Padme. because he's, like,
1: over her. He's, like, he's in. He's looming
0: over her. And, like, her. going in
1: for a smooch. And she's yeah. angry. Yeah, he was aggressive with Padme. Mm-hmm. He was extremely aggressive with Padme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously from our point of view, that is wrong. But he was raised by aliens, you know, so. And they used to date.
0: And she is like,
1: I am up for reopening our dating. And he's like, 100%. Like, let's get in on it.
0: You know, what's funny is that the subtext of that was when Padme's like, oh, I hope we can go back to how it was in old times. And he's like, I hope it's better than old times, which makes me think they did not bang. (laughs) You think? Yes.
1: I... I got that he was like, I hope you don't break up with me again.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: But, you know, I think both of those reads
0: could be true. Could, be true. could be true. Anyway, Clovis, I feel bad. He does get, you know, kahooted.
1: cahooted. Cahooted? <laughs> yeah. Is that a word?
0: Anakin and Pad may pull some cahoots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I want to talk about the severe issue that I have with this episode. Mm-hmm. Which we touched on, and I know that it is a blow-by-blow blow callback to Hitchcock's Notorious. We went over that. The entire ending of this episode, in my opinion, is nonsensical. Okay. Padme is revealed as a spy, not just to Clovis, but to the entire Cato-Nemoidia crew. Yeah. Because he's going to have to go back and be like, Senator Amadala stole the hologram. Yeah. And so, A... We're supposed to believe that Padme is going to be safe just waltzing back to the Senate after being revealed as a spy? Uh,
1: no, but I think that Lot-Dodd is, as another senator, not ready to straight up kill another senator. He's like, oh, I have to like put some wheels into motion here.
0: Sure, but she's going to go back to the Senate and also have to hang out with Clovis.
1: Well, he's a representative of the Banking Clan, not a senator. I mean, but the thing is, if he proves that Lot-Dodd and... Clovis are, if she proves that Lot, Dot and Clovis are working for the separatists, then they are out of the Senate. You know, they're they're in jail.
0: That's true. So
1: she doesn't have to work with them anymore. But also, I, I feel like she wouldn't get as many like, you know, friends, but it's also probably not going to be made public. Right.
0: Right. That's true. The other issue, we're supposed to believe that there's only one hologram of this factory.
1: Like, is so, there no okay.
0: OneDrive? Like, there's no file sharing system for the separatists.
1: In its very fun way, like during uh, the Patreon exclusive Sam's naval history minute, we often talk about the. We often talk do, do, about how do, do, Star Wars do, do, do. has special rules. And they don't just have special rules for starfighters. They have special rules for data and data integrity. Like it definitely took her more than three guesses to guess the password. It and did. if it's it was a voice funny. password, there's no voice print. Like actual security seems to be taken really weird, like depending up and down, uh throughout the Star Wars universe. And also there's an element of getting a copy of a file is generally mm-hmm you know you can't tell that a file's been copied especially because in the star wars universe it's like oh they copied it and it's gone right which makes sense from the point of view of something which predates computers which is like oh yes i'm sneaking into the enemy base and i'm stealing to get the, the floppy blueprints yeah. yeah but um yeah in this case it doesn't make sense but it's it's star wars Right,
0: right. It is a plot point that they're hanging out in this little hologram room that has no door and there's (laughs) no guards. And maybe they don't believe in security or maybe they just so severely underestimate Padme that they Mm -hmm. don't even believe that she would be capable of stealing their hologram.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, you know. Lot Dodd uh, replaced all of his awesome security droids with sex bots. So He
0: did! They are so creepy! Yeah, they are.
1: They Blank, look like Barbies. Blank-eyed, just statuesquely feminine sex bots.
0: So, thank you for that incredible segue into my main complaint with this episode. <laughs> hmm No woman in her right mind would own up to everything as she lay defenseless... In front of a guy who we've seen to be aggressive, some sketchy dude who could kill her. No one would do that. Like, it is so blatant to me that the writer's room was full of dudes Mm -hmm. when they scripted this. I did look it up. There was one woman credited as a writer. It's Melissa Sue Taylor. Okay. And I guarantee she did not get to put her two cents in. Hmm. This is frankly one of the most blatant examples I've seen of simply not understanding women's perspectives.
1: The poison might have also been a truth serum.
0: That is a great headcanon <laughs> that is entirely unsupported by the evidence, Samuel. Uh,
1: it's, yeah, no, you're It's right, not you're something
0: right. we have to harp on. I yeah. just have to point it out that it distracted from the rest of the episode because I'm like, there's no way that yeah. a woman would do this. Yeah. However strong and capable and fighty she is. Padme was not in a position to take Clovis. Clovis was in a perfect position to kill her.
1: Yeah, and you know what's crazy is I did not read it that way at all. But How that did is, you read it? Well, that she, I, you know, I didn't actually pay that part that much mind because that's when the action springs into play mm-hmm. because like she's beeping and r2's like handing anakin a snack he's like hey you're grouchy would you like a snickers and he's <laughs> like not now padme's calling but um
0: yeah that's how star wars gets away with a lot of this because it yeah. sandwiches these important moments right in between the action mm-hmm. where you your attention gets swept away and mm-hmm. you can't really take the time to process it or see how problematic it is. Well,
1: the other thing is that I was just riding a big raft of privilege right there because, and this comes up every time I have that type of conversation with regards to like personal safety with a woman. Mm. Because as a man, and I'm rather sturdily built, I can, you know.
0: Samuel is six feet tall.
1: I, I, you know, I have rarely been in a position where I have felt physically unsafe from another person unless they are armed.
0: Wow.
1: And I know from not only the look on your face, but from... The look on the face of everyone every woman who i've had this conversation with that that is basically a clean divide along the sexes is I would, that i men would imagine feel, yeah. men feel safe and women don't feel safe in the company of men
0: i've heard it said that what men are most afraid of is that women will laugh at them and women are most afraid that men will kill them yeah and i think that is entirely entirely true yeah so While I think that Clone Wars does some things with Padme's character that are really incredible, they do often have this habit of doing a disservice to their women characters, too.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That thing you said, that men are afraid women will laugh at them and women are afraid that men will kill them, speaks particularly to the end of this episode, because that is what Rush is actually worried about, right? Mm. He doesn't think he's going to get killed. He's sad that Padme made a fool out of him.
0: Oh.
1: Even though he's being left behind by Anakin to the clutches of the horrible Lot Dodd, he's like, well, yeah, look Well, and Poggle the
0: Lesser. I'd be more afraid of him.
1: Poggle the Lesser doesn't care about meat bags. <laughs> he's like, me and my bugs are going to build you a bajillion droids, and that is the jam. <laughs> we love it and then we're going to shove a bunch of meat bags in with a bunch of schmonsters, and we're going to love it.
0: Whoa. And you're going
1: to pay us a bazillion dollars so we can have more schmonsters imported from the Outer Rim. And I don't know why this is so difficult for you guys to understand. (laughs) Well, I speak fluent Genosian. That's what he was saying the whole time. He was saying it in his thick Genosian accent, which sounds like a New Jersey accent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll pour one out for Clovis. (laughs) Poor Clovis.
1: You say so. I mean, I, I'm 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 in team not a huge fan of finance majors <laughs> I mean, because he's the bad guy in the sense that he's a banker, but yeah.
0: Okay, I have one more extremely important question for you. All right. What was your favorite Padme outfit of the episode?
1: You know, her her backless dress had some real structural things going on that were pretty wild. The
0: sleeves were very cool. The sleeves
1: were separate.
0: I thought they were these ugly cap sleeves, but no, they were long sleeves that had cutouts. Mm-hmm. And she had like a Jessica Rabbit thing going on.
1: Yes. And she, as as you pointed out, she was really rocking some badonkadonk. Some
0: dumb truck energy in yeah. that dress. Padme does leg day.
1: Yeah. And yeah, she had, that's a good question. I also liked her purple hair on the flight over when yeah, she was wearing her. Yeah, that was wild.
0: Uh, her her bootcut jeans. Yes,
1: her bootcut jeans. That was my
0: favorite. Apparently
1: that's where she left her blast blaster.
0: <laughs> well, maybe she just hid it in her hair. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Maybe. I'll, I'll tell you what the least effective outfit of the episode oh, was. Yes? yes, and it is Anakin in a hat. Just let the hair fly, man. You gotta. That's why he wears just armor. You know, he's not wearing a helmet. He just wears shoulder armor, and all the the shoulder armor all it does is protects the hair. And that is the right move for Anakin. He's
0: got so much to work with, and yet it's still all about the hair. (laughs) Let Anakin's hair be free. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That is the jam. Excellent.
1: So there's not a lot of options here. But I do want to know who your bae was for this episode.
0: I forgot to think of one.
1: Well, then you get to do what I do. And I'm going to sing the song while you think of it. There oh, we Jesus. go.
0: It's time for Baywatch. It's time for Baywatch. It's, it's time, time for Baywatch. Baywatch. <laughs> I have a bae, and it's against my better instincts, but it's not her fault. (laughs) My bae is pad Bay. Oh,
1: it's not one of the sex bots? All right. It is
0: not one of the sex bots. (laughs) Thank you for illustrating that there's only one sentient woman in this episode. There's
1: only five people in this episode.
0: There's only one woman. (laughs) And I am excommunicating the male writers from any credit that they could take for Padme being great in this episode because Padme stood on her own merits and they did nothing but disservices to her.
1: You know, I wonder about your point there, lying on her ostensible possible deathbed of thinking about perhaps she is because she is a one percenter she is a woman of power Mm -hmm. and she has pretty much always been fearless Mm
0: -hmm. that she is fearless now she's always been privileged she's always had Mm -hmm. skill and she's always been courageous yeah and i want to point out something really important here sam padme is obviously the most courageous character in this episode and i as a woman still didn't want to pick her Mm. because the writing turned me off. But that's not Padme's fault. It should be easy for me to say, Padme's my bae. She was amazing this episode. Mm-hmm. But poor writing caused me to think, "Oh, I don't really want to do it. I wasn't all that excited about Padme. Yeah. And it's because of that final dumb scene. Yeah. Where she just totally betrayed female instincts.
1: That is interesting.
0: So... Padme's my bae. She deserves it. Mm-hmm. And I am embarrassed and saddened that it was really hard for me to pick her. Hmm. But I celebrate her and she deserves it. You go, Padme. Yeah. pad Padmé. Pad-bae. bay. <laughs> is your bae?
1: I think... Oh, there's really only two options, aren't there? It's either Anakin or Padme. And while I admire Anakin's reverse psychology... I mean, other than putting his foot in his mouth, he didn't really do anything wrong in this episode. I think Padme is my bae because she really jumped to the occasion. And she, like, at the beginning when she said yes to the spy mission, it was a matter of her saying, like, screw you, husband. Yeah, she was
0: spiting Anakin, but that didn't stop her from being willing to go as far as it took to complete the mission because she understood how important this was. She was willing to die. Mm -hmm. She was willing to do anything.
1: Yeah. And she also was a really, really good spy. She said all the right things to get into all the places. Yeah, She always had like a good excuse to get out of the way. Like it wasn't until she was like caught and it takes, uh, it takes bravery to do that. Also best costumes,
0: best costumes, hands down honorable mention for Anakin's hair when he did (laughs) let to get it let it fly free
1: Yeah, but this is a tough episode to enjoy the characters. And I think that's also, going back to the source material, Notorious, something there as well. Mm. In that, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, just read the... It's
0: a dated reference, to A little bit, I mean,
1: because the movie came out in like 1946. Something
0: like that. And,
1: uh, you know, in 1991, I believe... Ebert said it was, like, one of the 100 best films ever made. But, like, wow. you know, I was uh, five in 1991, so I wasn't really paying attention to the best movies. But, yeah, there's um, there's an element of truth and integrity in telling a story where no one really comes out smelling of roses. Everyone mm. kind of fell apart one way or the other.
0: Mm-hmm. And... Nobody was perfect in this episode, and nobody had perfect intentions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is
0: very realistic.
1: Much more realistic than a lot of episodes.
0: Yeah. I like when people's motivations are like to spite each other or to just prove that they're better. That's so human and relatable to me. Yeah. Instead of just like, oh, I'm a paragon of perfect self-sacrifice and... You know, I'm willing to do everything out of the good of my heart or for the greater good. I'm like, yeah. no, give me something human. Like, I'm mad yeah. at my husband. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so I'm going to do the exact opposite in that moment, you know. And that goes back to the fact that they don't have an emotional connection. They're trying to form one. And she thinks that jealousy or spite or something will at least, you know, make him reach out.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They needed to date for like three more years and then get married.
1: Yeah, but how are you going to get Darth Vader then?
0: <laughs> Maybe you don't, and they live happily ever after. This is the end of Star Wars. This
1: is the roll credits. Lucasfilm,
0: hire me. <laughs> All
1: right, well, that wraps it up for this episode.
0: All right, what are we watching next week?
1: We're doing a double header. We're Yo! watching the Second Battle of Geonosis, which is Ooh. season two, episode five, and season two, episode six.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so exciting!
1: Yeah, we get to hang out with Kiati Mundi and Luminara and Barris and there's lots and lots of combat and it's all on Geonosis. It's and so it's so great. It's good stuff. So.
0: All right, we want to give a special thank you to our very newest Patreon, Pat. Pat. Yay, Pat. Thanks Pat. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat.
1: And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday for Cool Hat Tuesday and
0: the second invasion of Geonosis. <laughs> second invasion
1: of and make sure to check us out on Patreon for Sam's Naval History Minute. And uh, which one did we just release? What uh, Being a fangirl and why it sucks.
0: Yeah, we kind of tied we, we tied our spice run to our episode. So it is a very woman centric Spice Run Patreon content kind of week, but coming up, we've got Sam's naval history minute featuring the Ether Sprite,
1: which is Alma's favorite ship. So. It is my
0: favorite ship. Make sure that you like our show, follow us on your podcast platform, subscribe, tell your friends, and check us out on social media at Growing Up Skywalker
1: and send uh, our podcast to someone who. Needs to spend a little bit more emotional labor in their relationships.
0: Mm, or they just need to go on a honeymoon to the lake country.
1: Yeah, those people. Those people. It's a long drive. Listen to our podcast.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, See you next Tuesday. <laughs>